Welcome to the She is a Nourish Mom podcast, where we talk about all things self-care, motherhood, and faith for the Christian mom who wants to transition from worn out to winning as the mom and woman God called her to be. I'm your host, Dr. Latoya Wiggins, but please just call me Latoya. I just want to be your mommy friend and sister in Christ as I teach you how to no longer feel depleted, but how to develop healthy habits to be nourished, renewed, and rejuvenated with biblical principles that bring peace instead of self-pity. Now let's get nourished together. Hey mamas, welcome back to part two of our conversation on parenting children with special needs. In this episode, you're going to hear from Shamika Brown and Sherelle Judy. You're going to learn more about their experience as moms with a child who has special needs and what motivated them to start showing up for themselves so they can be the best moms they can be to help their children and families thrive no matter what. Stay tuned and I hope you enjoy this episode. So my story, I've been in the field for over, so Micah's eight, so I'm 40. So for 32 years, all I knew was special education. I've been in every system in my state. I was a service coordinator. I helped write IFSPs. I helped diagnose. I've helped to go into classrooms and observe. That was my, my educator hat. And then I've always been with my kids. So when, my, when I had my daughter, I was in every classroom with her because I was going to school to be a teacher. Then she went on off. And then when my other son came, we used the same people. So I've always been in the field. I'm always able. It's like I always had a gift to what I could diagnose before diagnosing. I could always like I could see. Right. And so for um for Micah, I, I had Micah. So I had Micah um, on a Thursday or Friday, Thursday, Friday night. The next morning after I had Micah, my grandmother passed away and I was in the same hospital. I went up to see, I went up, I was in my hospital room and my mom could kind of say, your grandmother's not answering the phone. Can you have the nurse to take you up to check on your grandmother? So I just had a C-section, had Micah resting, was scrolled up to, to the room and my grandmother had died. So I was the first one to walk in and see them trying to, to um, bring her back. From that point on, so this, so I it just a, a lot. We've had a lot of deaths in our family, like close ones. And so I would always say there's just something different about Micah. Like he was a little quieter. He got a little angry sometimes. A little, and but he's always been outspoken. So I was what you said, Angela. Like they're just like you can't help but to love him. Um, one lady used to tell me he was going to be my bunny rabbit. He was so he was busy, but there was something special about him. And so um, he started going to pre-K. And he didn't start showing, like, he was always busy, but he's a boy, right? And so my husband always say, don't, don't stop, stop, stop diagnosing him. Stop diagnosing him. He, I mean, he was always just busy. Now we already have um, Makaya and Maurice. So for, they're all for your difference. So, and, um, but Michael was just, a, he, he, he would, it took some time, a little time to process. So. Michael was in preschool and the last year before we got into the pandemic, he started showing anger and started like not listening. And all of a sudden they would say, oh, he was throwing chairs at the teachers. And, and I'm like, mind you, we're a faith-based home. We don't, there's no drinking, there's no smoking, all these things. But during this process, I'm in school to get my infant mental health. And I'm reading these stories about how, what you talked about, I think, um, Sherelle earlier about, it's not just that diagnosis are not just medical but what you said, Angela, is mental health 
It's the environmental factors. It's the foods that we eat. You know, there's a lot of things that we as women, but not only that, as either as educators did not know. And so um, he, it just was a lot. He was crying a lot. He was, he didn't like school. He, his, he, he was, he was reading like so fast. He just started to regress. And I'm like, nah, something's not right. Like there has to be like, this is just not, and then me knowing my background of me sitting in a room with both parents at IFSP meetings, IEP meetings, and encouraging moms and telling moms, you know, it's going to be okay, and let's do X, Y, and Z. The Lord was like, okay, who going to tell you? Like, you know, and so um, so we, we went to the doctor, so the, 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 the teachers did in the um some paperwork on him. I mean, like he was having rough times. Then we got into kindergarten. So now that was just pre-K, kindergarten. We were online. It was rough. He cried every day. He wouldn't get online. He didn't understand. Um, then he got into the kindergarten classroom. Him and the teacher did not work. He, it was just, he refused to do anything. And by this time I'm like, okay, you know, like there has to be more. Cause you know, right. Be, I always say my favorite something behavior has meaning. So he's not just bad. He's not just this. He's trying to tell us something. And so then in our area, there was no one. So there is a, um, a year long waiting list for a developmental pediatrician. So I couldn't wait because he's living in kindergarten and this is not, he's unhappy. He's crying. He doesn't want to get up. He's wetting himself. He's just acting out. So my husband, uh, my doctor was like, I have a, uh, I know a lady that you can um, reach out to. She does it and she probably can get you in. So I called the lady. Um, but guess what happened? She didn't take our insurance. So I had to pay out of, we had to pay out of pocket. I'm like, look, my son is not happy. I need to know what's going on. He doesn't just need a whooping. He doesn't just need a timeout. Like, it's not working. Like you, you give him a, you give him behavior, you give him a, a timeout and he go do the same thing over again. You tell him to do something. He wasn't able to process. He was very like, we'll be in the store. here. So like, oh, she's fat. Like she'll just say anything out of the blue. And I'm, and I'm like, no, like there's something going on. And so we went through the whole process. Um, it was hard. Like I, for the first time in my life, felt what a parent felt when after being told your child has a diagnosis it was like it just crushes you and the thing about it is and I'm and my husband's like but you've been doing this for so long you've helped so many families I'm like but I'm not the professional right now you know I'm the mom I can feel all these things about what about this or did I do this did, you know was it because I was stressed and depressed or did all of these if our environments about of us losing all these people like the like the COVID like you have all these stories that you tell yourself on why this happened but guess what we can't do that like literally life happens so once we figured it out I, I began to pull out what I did with other what I do with parents as a developmental therapist what I go out and do I begin to say okay fit this into my home. I begin to tell myself when he throw a fit, yell, okay, it's not you. Something's going on. Most of the times it's when he's tired, when he's overwhelmed, when he can't communicate to you what's going on. Then, and so that's how we begin to do the process. And then, you know, as a parent, and I'm pretty sure it was tough because people were just, your family members and those around you would always just like, can, can you make him sit down? Won't he just be quiet? I'm like, no. 
And for a while, it was like, you know, we're just not, we're just not going to go anywhere. But I'm like, no. Because as you said, it's not right because they didn't ask to be this way. But I always, and I always tell parents, right, as an educator, like, you are the right parent for the job. God knew, like, this is what I tell people all the time. God knew that you can have this gift. So this gift is to you to, to teach something. Like you said, Miss Angela, they teach us something. They make us remember something. There's so much that they teach us, but it's us realizing who cares what the outside world thinks. Who cares what your girlfriend thinks because you can't go here with them? Who cares? It's just realizing that we are their foundation. We're there to support them. And if we don't, which is why I'm big on self-care, we can't help them. We can't show up. We can't do the job. So for me, it's always literally, God, what am I supposed to do? I, I don't want, because textbooks does not teach on how to be a parent with a child with, with, with this, these, we can read all the books, but it's, you, you, I know it, I learned it, but it's, we have to gift it according to our homes. What might work for me won't work for the next mother because our children are uniquely designed. They're not, just because this child has autism and that child has autism, they don't have the same kind of thing. But the world is so quick to categorize and put, oh, you go over here, you go over there, but we all have different learning styles. And as a parent, I tell myself all the time, someday's going to be great. Today, before I got on here, he cried because he wanted to wear a suit to his brother's concert. I told my husband, let him put on that suit. We, look. Your son gonna be bait. I don't care about no suit. Some days he wear Crocs. Some days he wear shorts. Some days he wears. Look, he gets to school. He gets his lesson. Is it bothering me? No. Is it bothering him? No. So that's what we have to remember. It does not matter what it like to somebody else. If you're happy, your house is happy, and that child is developing and doing what needs to be done. Hey, see you later. That's how I see it. My drop. <laughs> My drop. <laughs> that is a definite period. Right. <laughs> I love everything that you mentioned. Um, I wanted to backtrack on one thing. So my middle son, I always say he was the very hyper one. When you would talk about behavioral problems, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I need Shamika. I need all these tips. And he was recently, you know, I guess I finally got him diagnosed with ADHD. I knew he had it. It was always one of those things. His his, his is very mild. Um, so it was, you know, one of those things like, because, uh, you know, I see other kids and, you know, they you know about the same or worse, you know, but it's not about other kids. I need to make sure my child is thriving. And academically, he's doing extremely well. He's in um, kindergarten, but I've always been watching him. We got in pre-K, now kindergarten. I'm always waiting for the teacher, you know, like, let me see what's going on. And thank goodness he's doing well academically. But the behavior, you know, piece and the focus, um, you know, is an issue. So, you know, it seemed like it had been getting worse lately. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and be a mom because you had some family members just like, oh, Jalen, just Jalen. Jalen is just Jalen. And I want my baby to thrive. So let me yes, see mm -hmm. if he truly does have it. I'm not trying to put a diagnosis on my child. No. But if he does need help. help. 
I'm going yeah. to do what we need to do, you know. So we just started um, medication recently. That medication is what he on right now ain't working. Look, I just got, I just talked to the doctor today. But, you know, it's that thing we're figuring things out. But, you know, that just really made, oh, that's what I was trying to get back to. When you said, like, when you found out the diagnosis. In my head, I, I pretty much already figured he had it. And even just getting the official diagnosis. It hit you. <sighs> What did mm-hmm. I do wrong? It's my fault. I know. Dang on well. I already knew about these diagnoses. I knew about ADHD. I knew it was nothing that I did. Yeah. And still I was on Google. <laughs> what I, is the cause is? Look, still. And 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 now you even... wasn't drinking and smoking while you were pregnant and exactly. stuff, just no See? reason. <laughs> Why are you beating yourself up? Same thing. You know, I've been dealing, I've dealt with my mental health issues and I've been seeing a therapist this year same time thinking maybe it's because i did something latoya you know you ain't do nothing you know (laughs) and it just yeah we're always beating ourselves up so i'm glad that you mentioned that because like you are the expert you are the parenting expert you knew all of that but you still question what did you do wrong knowing that and then not (laughs) and not only that because there are babies right they came Mm -hmm. you know we we learned through all these books that they came from us and they heard everything but they're still like we don't the thing i I always tell myself too we don't control it like we're gifted with this gift to help develop but we're still not in control we're all women of faith who has the last say Mm -hmm. what does the word say what does god say and I pray every time before I make a decision. God, I don't want to live in fear. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in, in what the statistics say about our black and brown kids, especially boys. Boys are, are, you know, we got all these things to think about. So, yeah. Yes. And I love that you also mentioned, you know, whether it's ADHD, um, autism. I've definitely always heard that with autism. But even with um, Angela's son having cerebral palsy, um, Sherelle's going to share with you all a little bit about her son in a moment. The diagnosis that they have is a wide range. So, you know, from mild to severe, you know how, um, you know, I hate this. And I know a lot of people do sometimes when it comes to somebody who has autism. They're like, oh, he doesn't look like he has autism. There is no look. (laughs) You know, some people do have a certain look for certain, you know, diagnosis, certain health conditions. Everything does not look the same. Or you may look at somebody and think, Oh, they can't do X, Y, Z, and they're like more intelligent than you. You know, it you know the um it ranges from their um their cognition, behavior, mm-hmm. the mental, the physical. You know, if they have disabilities, all those things are on a very wide spectrum. So, like you said, you can have a group um of children all in the same room. Everybody has the same exact diagnosis. Each one of them have different abilities and needs. You know, so it's not going to parenting isn't going to look the same for each mom. What we can do is build that community, you know, to build, you know, had the resources I mentioned, like you mentioned um, the um, health insurance issue. I know there are a lot of moms who through experience, which I'm sure you all have had that experience, you know, through experience, you have had to find the tools and resources to get certain um, things that your child need, you know, whether it's medication or equipment, you know, if it's a uh, physical disability, whatever. And these are the type of things while, you know, we can connect to, um, you know, just help each other out. What yeah. worked for this parent may work for you. What may what may work for her doesn't work for you. And, you know, so on. So it is good for everybody to connect with each other. But just know that it's not going to look the same for each and every one of us. You know, just like a mom, period. If you don't have a child with special needs, parenting is still different <laughs> for each and every last one of us. The way we take care of ourselves 
is different. You know, how you want to take care of yourself ain't going to work for me and vice versa. So we just really have to figure out what works for us. We have to see what works for our child. I love that you mentioned, um, you know, certain things. It's like, why, why do we care? You know, so, okay, your child want to put on a seat? Okay, let him put on a seat. Like I said, he's happy. That was the main thing I wanted to, um, you know, repeat back what you said. As long as you're happy, your child is happy, everybody in your home is happy, forget everybody else, you know? <laughs> That's their business if they have a problem. My my home is happy, my child is happy, life is good. <laughs> Amen. All right, Sherelle, Miss Judy, it is time for you to share about your story and about um, Joel, right? Joel, I want to almost say Noel, confusing him with... Um, it's jo yeah, it's, some people say Joel, it's Joel, we call him Joel, but yeah, Joel, oh, I don't know why Joel. I you actually said Joel before, okay, so Joel. <laughs> some people call him that, it's fine. You know <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> it's the same. Um, so our journey actually started um, when he, I was still pregnant with him. So um, when I was pregnant, you know how you have those these prenatal tests and everything. And they were like, Miss um, Judy, it's, you know, a very high chance that your child has Down syndrome. And um, in previous pregnancies, I've heard that, you know, so I was like, OK, yeah, I mean, this is probably the same thing. Right. Um, and what was so crazy the first solution that the doctor had for me was termination. And um, I was like, you know, my husband's like, no, we're not gonna do it. So then we had to go to, for the ultrasound just to check and see if he had any of the features, you know, that he may have Down syndrome. And they were like, well, he has, you know, um, a hole in his heart, you know, that is pretty consistent with children with Down syndrome. Um, and his solution was termination. And then we went to a genetics, a ge what do you call him? A genetics doctor. I'll just call him that. And um, I said, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm not terminating. Please don't, don't even give me that solution, you know? So she was like, okay, you know, that, and that was the end of it. But, you know, we had family members who were saying the same thing. Like, you know, he's going to have all these issues, you know, maybe the best solution is termination. I was like, no. You know, we're not going to abort him. Um, so when did we find out that Joel had um, Down syndrome? I knew right away when he came out um, that he had it. Um, he didn't get officially diagnosed, but I could tell like around his eyes, he had the, the extra, you know, they have the extra flap over their eyes. And I was like, oh, yeah, he has it. Um, but he was so cute. I was like, uh, you know, and then, you know, that mama bear instinct immediately kicked in for Joel and um, I just became very protective. However, I did have a mourning period. Like I was grieving that my child, you know, had to go through this. Like I was, I remember praying, you know, I had people praying like, Lord, you know, why, you know? And the, um, the scripture that one of my sisters in Christ gave me was that Joel is fearfully and wonderfully made. Just keep speaking that over him. So I was like, you know, while I'm in my mourning period, um, I I was grieving because I was just like, I didn't know what kind of life he was going to have, what quality of life he was going to have. Um, and then like a week after we brought him home, he started like um, he couldn't keep his food down. And so we had to, you know, take him to the hospital. They thought he had a bowel in, um, obstruction in his bowels and found out he has a disease that is his colon wasn't functioning at all. 
So um, we had to go through that. And, you know, that was life threatening. Down syndrome is not life threatening, but what his physical condition, that was life threatening. Um, the hole in his heart, that was life threatening, you know, and, and, you know, that put that my, that pr into perspective. And I was just like, just praying, Lord, just, I just want him to be okay. So um, as, you know, we were in the hospital, I had people praying for him. Um, he left, we left home with so many diagnoses. <laughs> he had, you know, Down syndrome was confirmed, which I already knew. He had the disease in his bowels. He had bleeding on his brains. He had a hole in his heart. Like, yeah, and then he developed, um, because of the pick line, he developed a blood clot in his leg. So, you know, we was just like, oh, poor Joel. Like, what kind of, you know, I'm just thinking, what kind of quality of life is he going to have? And it just puts things into perspective, what really matters. And it was no longer Down syndrome. At that point, it was just like, okay, my child has Down syndrome, but what about this? So, you know, we just prayed over him. Honestly, we prayed over Joel. We had everybody praying for him um, consistently. Like, you know, we had people like on prayer, um, you know, prayer circles, just continuously praying for him and um, praying for me, praying for my husband, because that, that was difficult. Um, and he he finally stabilized. Um, um, and then, you know, he did have to have his colon removed and that happened during the pandemic. So, you know, just taking care of him and making sure that he was good, making sure that my other children were good, making sure everybody's good. It really did um, take a toll on me taking care of myself. Like I just didn't matter at all. Like I need to make sure everybody's good. And um, I was still working. I was homeschooling at the time. It was just a lot that I was doing. And um I just put my self-care on the black back burner. Even when we did the conference, Latoya, I was just like on I, autopilot. Like you, I mean, maybe people didn't notice that, but it was just like, I, I needed to, you know, just be there for others. And I really wasn't showing up for myself. So, um, you know, it's hit a, a um, I hit a wall. I started to develop like anxiety, couldn't sleep, um, started having panic attacks. I'm a believer, like what is going on? Like, and you know, the root of anxiety, of course is biological, but it's fear. Like I, I was dealing with a lot of fear, like of the unknown. And um, I had to pause. I did go back to school. I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> but I did decide to go back to school and you know, that on my plate, um, I, you know, I, I walked the stage, thank God in December, but I was just like, I could not even remember that day. I was so tired. And I was like, okay, time for me to look for work time. And the Lord was like, no, you're going to sit down. And um, that's what I did. Like the last couple months, I was just like, I did nothing. Like I worked, of course, um, the, the boys, you know, are in school and everything. Joel's pretty much more, you know, in a, a little bit more independent. He's five, you know, um, but he's a little bit more independent. So, you know, I just made myself um, and taking care of myself a priority. Um, and that's kind of where I've been. Like, I've been exercising. I've been trying to get more rest, um, drinking water, staying away and out of drama. <laughs> um, you know, like, I, I have a very low tolerance for drama. Um, so if, like, you're, you're, 
if you're bringing too much negative energy, I, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't do it right now. Like, honestly, I, that's how I've been the last couple months has really been about taking care of myself. Because like you said, I believe with Shamika, like if we, if we go get sick, right? If we're not taken care of, like what happens? Like what happens to our children, especially those, cause I am his caregiver, you know, like things that he needs, like he needs help with the bathroom still, you know, like, you know, making sure he eats and takes a bath and, you know, all this stuff. Like if I'm not able to do that for him, you know, that that hurts him as well. So I had to make myself a priority um, in the season. So. Yes, thanks for sharing that, Sherelle. And I just want you all to know who was watching, you know, so you had Angela who, you know, her um, youngest son who has cerebral palsy, he inspired her, you know, and um, between his inspiration and their journey together, that's what motivated her to become the mental resilience coach. Mm -hmm. Shamika, Sherelle and I, we're like already in, like working as different kind of coaches and then had to deal with, <laughs> you know, like these new diagnoses. So like when uh, Sherelle was talking about the conference, I remember he, uh, Joel was a baby then and <laughs> she had him sitting on, <laughs> she had him at the conference on her lap while we were doing our panel discussion. You can't tell me she wasn't looking like a mom. <laughs> like, oh, you probably couldn't tell. I sure couldn't, you know? <laughs> and she was already a health coach. And I'm just saying that, because I feel like sometimes when people look at the expert, you look at them like, oh, they're, ex you know, they're perfect or, oh, they already know what to do. So it's not bad for them. We're human. <laughs> we are all human. And as you all know, with children, as they grow, things change too. So you have to transition sometimes. Sometimes something is working right now and then tomorrow is not or next month is not and another year or whatever it's not. So yeah, the times will come where life gets overwhelming. You know, I, well, I say I've dealt with the anxiety. I'm actually seeing a therapist right now for my anxiety because that kind of spiked, the, you know, um, at the beginning of the year, trying to do a lot. Like Sherelle was saying, like you went back to school and it's like, I don't know why I did that. You know, sometimes we're trying to do so much because we do have these passions in ourselves. We have these things that the Lord is, you know, directing us to do. But a lot of times we're, just, we're still trying to figure out how to do it and without depleting ourselves and a lot of times i know for me and i know you all can relate to it and um sherelle mentioned it it's like a lot of times you have to remember why you need to slow down and take care of yourself because they need us you know hey dad might be there but a lot of times <laughs> that mama that mama nurturing <laughs> we got all the the uh, T's crossed, I dotted and everything. <laughs> and I know uh, we're going to get back to um, Angela in a moment because Angela broke down like what she has her family do to help out, you know, at home also. But like, yeah, they need you. They need you, mom. You know, um, and like Shamika said, God knew what he was doing when he gave your child to you. You know, so just like with Sherelle, like with the, um, you know, before he was born, they're already trying to encourage you, <laughs> probably even trying to push you to abort your child. But God knew what he was doing when he gave Joel to you. He has the right mom to support him, love him, 
help him to have a great quality of life. And, you know, I feel like you knew that. It's like, look, I don't need to keep getting, you know, all these different tests done. I'm going to have them regardless. <laughs> you know, yes, you are fearing the unknown, sometimes mourning the unknown of, you know, having just like with um, Angela, you know, like from birth, it's like, you know, you're already thinking in advance, like, how, you know, how is his life going to be? But with faith and still prioritizing your care so you can give him the best care as well, you're going to get through it. Having that faith, looking to God. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to keep on believing. <laughs> He's going to guide me. We're going to get through this. Hey, mamas, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you enjoyed learning about Shamika and Sherelle's children. Stay tuned to our next episode next week where we will learn some takeaways and tools to help mamas who have children with special needs. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the She is the Nourish Mom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share with a mommy friend who needs to hear this message. Connect with me on social media at She is a Nourished Mom. And let me know your ahas and takeaways from this week's episode. Until next time, keep nourishing yourself, mama.